18 of them dark, 18 of those hours below zero temperatures, not even able to light a cigarette, but have to stay alert. And then German soldiers coming at them out of the mist at dawn and so on, all the things that go in and come. How the hell do men do that? That's always fascinated me. But I, I'm curious too about how men can do awful things. And it is done, mm. especially in war, when people shoot unarmed prisoners, when people carry out acts of wanton destruction, when people just go berserk. And this is also a part of what happens in war. Now, I've hated war all my life. I've, I've, I've always been a pacifist. A pacifist? Oh, yes. But I also have recognized that war is what determines everything that follows. I mean, it mattered if Josiah Chamberlain held a little big, a little round top or not. And if he'd have crumbled, and if the Confederates had gotten down into Washington, it'd be an entirely different world. I don't ask me how it would be different, but I guarantee you it'd be a lot different than the one we live in. So war is, is, is decisive in a way that nothing else is. It, it determines who's going to determine the future. Your first book, as I read your uh, statistics, was on the Henry Halleck, uh, who was Lincoln's chief of staff. How did you get from Henry Halleck uh, in the Civil War to Eisenhower in, in the Second World War. What happened? Eisenhower read that Halleck book. That was my dissertation. It was published by LSU Press in an edition of 2,000 copies, and I think they sold 980 of those copies. <laughs> and maybe half of those 980 were read. But one of them was read by Dwight Eisenhower. It turned out he had been thinking about writing on Halleck himself because he was afraid that George Marshall would be forgotten, as Henry Halleck had been forgotten. And he thought if he wrote something on Halleck, it would encourage people to do research and writing on George Marshall, whom he revered, of course. Yeah. And he asked David Donald, then at Johns Hopkins, has anybody done anything on Halleck? And David said, there's a new book. And Ike said, get it to me. So he's, this is his ex-president, then? Yes, in 1963, living in Gettysburg and out in Palm Springs. And he read it, and he called. And he said, would you be interested in being an editor of my papers and my biographer? And I Just said, on the phone he asked you? Yeah. Really? And I said, yes, sir. And flew up to Gettysburg, it didn't need an airplane. I was 28 years old. Changed my life. He was a wonderful guy to work with. He had a concern for people that... A, a tiny little example of which was he always worried about where I would eat on the way home from Gettysburg to Baltimore. And he, would, and he had made the drive many times, of course, and he would suggest places. And he would warn me against places. <laughs> <laughs> and he said that diner in, I forget where, 50 miles down the road, he said, I was in there for breakfast the other day. And it was a regular diner, 1950s style, and so the cooking was being done right behind the counter. And the girl had a cold, and she had a runny nose, and she was scrambling his eggs. And he said, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anybody else in the room, just the two no, of us? No, just the two of us. He called you Dr. Ambrose? Yeah. Never Steve? Never. Never. And I called him General. Yeah, yeah. He preferred that. I felt that he preferred. He never told me that, but I felt he preferred that to being Mr. President. Well, one thing that's mystified me about Eisenhower is how could it, have been that this lieutenant colonel, I guess he was, for 20 years, sort of floating in the backwater of the military, suddenly is running 
the Allied Expeditionary Force in Europe. It wasn't quite that sudden. But, that's right, he had been a major for 14 years. There's a wonderful story from that period. His younger brother, 10 years younger, Milton, was a big deal in Washington, number two man in the Department of Agriculture. And Milton had married money, so he gave a lot of parties. Ike was at a party at Milton's and was leaving, and Milton turned to a reporter and he said, I want you to meet my brother before he goes. He said, you, you ought to get to know him. He's going places. And the reporter looks at this 45-year-old major as he shakes his hand and thinks, if, he, if you're going places, you better get started soon. <laughs> well, that's not the way it worked in the old army. Eisenhower hung on. He thought in 1939 he was going to be forcibly retired as a lieutenant colonel. If Eisenhower had died in 1939-40-41, nobody would know his name today. Now, how did he rise so fast? Because in the army, these men that he worked for, they knew talent when they saw it. Douglas MacArthur.